Welcome to the Influence Factory podcast. This program is dedicated to support professionals who have a desire to develop their digital business influence so they can navigate through a fast-paced, constantly growing digital world. We invite newcomers as well as our family of business influencers to a place to play, share ideas, questions, tips, and guidance with other thought leaders around the globe. Sit back and enjoy our program with your host, Dean Delisle, as he interviews guests. News and commentary are provided by Jackson Delisle and Monica Hacker. Power Move lessons are provided by the Influencer Marketing Department at Social Jack. And production, editing, and distribution is provided by the Social Jack production team. All right, so uh, let's uh, take a minute to welcome this week's guest. So uh, Karen Freeberg, who I met at MDMC, not Run DMC, but MDMC, uh, down in St. Louis. Uh, she was a complete delight. And I think we met through Chris. Yeah, no, was it Chris Rubb, right? So yep. through Chris. And uh, you've, I, I just think of you as my education influencer. I'm just going to put that out there. And I've been building education digitally now for over 20 years. And then when I met you, I was like, wow, you're actually an influencer that represents educators. And while I don't formally teach all the time in a university, you know, I'm a passionate educator. I just write mm-hmm. stuff nonstop. And so um, you have, you have, I see you as that person in the world. And then also um, you're really good at, at, at really crisis and strategic communication. I put you in that bucket as well. Mm-hmm. And then the author of three books. Um, so uh, thank you so much for being here and thank you for being on. I know you're super busy, <laughs> but thanks for being on. No, I'm truly honored, Dean, and thank you again for the opportunity to be here, and I'm really excited, and um, you did a great job in uh, St. Louis as well. I mean, Chris sang your praises, and when I heard your talk, I was like, wow, this 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 really is so impactful and so important for us because you took a different lens on influencer marketing that people say they do influencer marketing, but you like walk the walk and talk the talk. So for me, it was really awesome to be able to see you in person and uh, to hear from you. Yeah, thank you so much. And you know what's cool is I didn't, that was my first time at MDMC. Had you been there before? Was that? No, um, Chris and Perry both were like, you need to come out, you need to come out. But it was always during um, the end of our semester at the University of Louisville. So it was really hard to kind of be able to take a few days off to go to the conference. But um, earlier this year, I was on sabbatical. And so I was able to go um, and present and attend my first time. And now I'm like, well, I'm going to make sure that I have the time to go and, you know, be part of it. And then we got to meet. And then I think I heard you're speaking at Social Media Strategy Summit in New York at the Higher Ed segment, which was yep. right next to us. Yeah, yeah. So I'll be there in October actually talking about influencer marketing in their higher education track. So I'm, I'm really excited, really honored. Boom. And that's it. That's, I can't wait to introduce you to so many people. When you get out there, you're going to be like, oh my gosh. It's like I get so excited. I get goosebumps just thinking about the conference. Um, just a couple of things. Now, four-time All-American shot put. Okay. So how do you, how do you become a shot put person? (laughs) I was a wrestler, but I would always watch the track people. Mm -hmm. And I'd see the shot put person. I'd go, I want to do that, but I never, you know, it always conflicted with our seasons. So how did you wind up there? Um, well, it's interesting because, um, I'm really close with my parents and my sisters and my parents um, met of course in high school and went to UCLA, but my dad was, he played football wrestling and he did track. And so he actually got a full ride to UCLA as a thrower, but his event was the discus. Um, So he was their record holder in the discus for about 10 years. 
and my parents have two sisters. Um, one of the things that they kind of instilled amongst all three of us um, was, you know, we wanted to have a team sport, an individual sport, um, learn a musical instrument, and then also find some sort of art, you know, That's to go cool. after. Yeah, so I tried basketball actually um, first because I was tall. I was pretty much the tallest person um, in my elementary school, and my growth spurt was like really big um, between fourth and fifth grade. Um, but my coaches told me I was too nice to play because I, I didn't want to hurt anybody, you know, oh, yeah. um, because there were a few girls that would run into me when I was playing basketball and they would like fall down. I'm like, oh no. So I, don't, I would actually let them score. I'm like, I don't want to. a lot of acting that crosses over with theater <laughs> basketball. Right. Exactly. So um, my parents were like, okay, Karen, you know, this might not necessarily be the sport for you. But my dad thought, well, why don't you try the shot put? Um, that was my event. And I basically went to my first meet without any practice in junior high and won and they put a medal around my neck and I'm like, yes, I'm sold. <laughs> so um, I did that in high school and in college. So about 10 years. Um, and it was a great part of my chapter. I really learned a lot of really great hands-on like media experience. And um, I didn't become a PR major until I went to the university of Florida. I didn't know what PR was, but I was already doing stuff related to PR at the time. Um, so it really was, you know, a great hands-on experience for me to kind of learn how to deal with the media, how to deal with when you're not necessarily doing your best performances, how do you manage your personal brand? How do you basically try to stand out? So, um, it was really good experience for me and I was able to learn time management, perseverance, um, and just kind of working hard. Um, my work ethic really kind of stems through that. And so I ended up in my career, yeah, four-time All-American. I was the school record holder for Southern Cal. So um, I was able to compete for the Florida Gators for a couple of years, but then I had an extra year of eligibility because I injured my back. So I had a red shirt. Um, and so I was able to compete for the Trojans for a year. So I had their school record for about 12 years. Wow. And I was able to go to the Olympic trials in 2004 where I was a finalist. So That's it was cool. a yeah, it was a fun career. Um, so, but the thing is, it's interesting, like all of the stuff that I've had, like as a student athlete, all my videos, competition videos are still up online. So it is kind of part of my personal brand. And I've had students who Google me, you know, they're like, okay, who's our professor that we're having this semester? And those videos come up immediately. And so they watch them and I'm a bit intimidating. I would have to say I'm very competitive and they would come back to class. They're like, we are not messing with this professor at all. So I've never have had an not turning anything in late, right? I am not going to. And I've had a few students that are like, are you going to throw things at us? I'm like, no, I'm like, that was back, like when I was competing, I'm not going to do that. But I mean, again, you should just have like a giant paperweight on your desk. It looks like, <laughs> looks like a shot put. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, but I do have, um, I just moved into my new office. So I actually have one picture over here um, of the only picture that actually is in me, like actually competing that I actually like. And the 10 years I've competed. Is that the one you had up on the slide when, uh, okay, so when I heard Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, that was super cool. And then, um, and then were you uh, involved as an athlete then in social media at that time? Because we coach a lot of schools and their mm -hmm. athletes around this. So did you have, a, was that like sort of a thing at that point? Yeah, actually, I, um, when I was 13, so this kind of goes back to when I kind of started doing track in junior high, um, my parents, um, they, they are very tech savvy. They really love technology. We had like the first Apple computer in our house at a very early stage, but they gave each of my sisters and I our own domain name. 
you know, and what? that was, yeah, 95. Yeah. And so um, I tell my students this story and they kind of look at me like, okay, that's different. Because I have my students actually um, create their own website and their own blog for my social media classes. And they're always, Dean, they're always like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I'm going to put all of this stuff out there. What if people look at it weird? How is that going to reflect on my brand? And I tell them, look, <laughs> you can't do as bad as I did. Um, when I was 13, I, I tell my students this. I, my own personal website actually started off as a fan site for the actor Val Kilmer, because I just saw Top Gun and I tell my students, <laughs> I was 13, so please be kind. And now it's gotten to the point they're like, who? I'm like, oh, millennial problems, I know. But, um, exactly. but I actually used, I mean, the early stages of the internet to actually brand myself, because I grew up in a very small town in California and not many college coaches would actually fly all the way out there to see me compete. So I used the internet actually to tell my story, to advocate for what I was doing. I actually posted by grades too, which was motivating for me to actually do well. Wow. <laughs> um, but I was doing a lot of that stuff in junior high, high school. And then even in my first year in college, I was blogging for different track sites, but I didn't know that that was a field you can go into until my academic athletic advisor at Florida said, Karen, you need to switch your major and go into public relations. And so I took my first class and the rest is history. So I've always loved technology. I love social. I love the fact that it's changing all the time, even though I wish that there weren't so many updates happening during a semester. I might be like, wait, let me, let me cover this first. Completely change everything. You know, we always cover the news. So if you want quick updates, you can always come. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, that's very helpful. That's very helpful because it's, it's hard to kind of stay on top of the things, but yeah, we post, uh, yeah, we post news daily. So it's like we relay from our partners with social media examiner and all those. Mm -hmm. um, that's awesome. Um, so when you were in grad school, you had a, you had a fun project that sounded like in South Africa. Yes. So I was at um, the University of Southern California. And one of the reasons why I wanted to go out there was because they had this internship program that you could do abroad. And with track, um, Dean, like with the NC2A and everything that, um, the options for getting work experience were very limited because they have so many rules. Like you can't yeah. get paid, you can't do this, you can't do that. So I was concerned going into my field thinking, okay, I need to have more traditional experience beyond just what I'm learning, you know, in my grad assistantship. So I worked with the athletic department my second year, my master's. So I thought, okay, this is a great way for me to get more traditional PR experience. So I lived in for, for four months in South Africa and specifically in Cape Town. And I worked in a fashion and consumer PR agency and I worked with fashion designers. We worked with the fashion shows and I tell my students all the time, the movie devil wears Prada is so true. <laughs> I mean, everything that they like the environment, I was like, yep, that is exactly. And that movie actually came out like during the time I was there. I'm oh, like, wow. Yeah. So I'm like, Oh, okay. Now this is what they were talking about. Um, but really it was a wonderful experience overall. Like I, I love the community. I love the culture. I was able to get a real window into working abroad, um, trying to learn a different language um, because most of the clients that we were working with, um, of course, spoke English, but a lot of them were Afrikaans um, based um, publications and outlets. So I tried to teach myself Afrikaans, which is um, difficult, but I tried to get some common phrases, but it was awesome, truly life-changing professional experience that I still use some of the lessons that I've learned today there. And it really kind of cultivated me and kind of think globally and really sparked my interest to do a lot more travels abroad. 
Yeah, that's um, that's something I always found interesting. And the fashion, I wanted to ask you, because, mm-hmm. you know, when I think of, uh, you know, South Africa fashion, I think of just these vibrant colors and things like that. Is it mm-hmm. true? Is that is that pretty much? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Vibrant colors. And really what I was very impressed with is the, the connection back to the country pride and culture. And what was interesting when I was in South Africa, they, it's, they call it the Rainbow Nation just because there's 11 official languages. So there's all these different influences and communities that come together. And so each of the fashion designers that we were promoting and advocating for for the fashion weeks um, down there, each had their own distinct story. They came from um, specific communities. They had interesting backgrounds and they were very proud of where they came from and where they, who they represent. And so we actually had one of the fashion designers there. His name was Gavin Raja. Um, he was the first fashion designer that was able to showcase his collection in Paris Fashion Week. So that was like a big thing to kind of bring, you know, the uh, fashion scene from um, South Africa to the global stage. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And, um, and then all of a sudden you just fast forward a little bit and you get, you get retweeted by the rock, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of the rock. Um, I think. So am I. He's, he's yeah. at the top of my Instagram. Yeah. I, I really. Twitter, right. It wasn't on Instagram, right? It was yeah. Like, it was Twitter. Yeah. Because, well, one of the things that I, I've been very impressed with is how certain celebrities and certain sports figures and people like they really understand social. There's some that you see, they're just posting stuff or someone from their team is. Someone from the team, right? Right. And I felt like with Rock, I mean, I really liked how he was engaged. So I thought, okay, like um, it was a few years ago. I actually, one of my other favorite brands that I absolutely love is Cinnabon. Like if you look at a brand who is just absolutely engaged with their community, they really do a good job. And um, I, I do admit to the team on regular occasions, whenever I see their account, I'm like, okay, now I need to go and get a Cinnabon. But, <laughs> but they had a Twitter chat going on called Sweet Talk and they were talking about personal branding. And at that time I was actually um, writing my last book, um, Social Media for Strategic Communications and actually writing about personal branding. And that was the topic of the Twitter chat. And I said, yeah, like one of the best people that I think does, who does a really amazing job is The Rock. And so I just went away. Actually, I had a few students come in during my office hour. And so I went back and then I looked at my phone and it, my notifications were blowing up. And I'm like, what did I do? Did I do something wrong? And The Rock came back and said, hey, you know, thanks for the love, Dr. Karen. Um, now I'm craving Cinnabons or something. <laughs> so I have that tweet. But that was happening during the course when I was teaching social, my social media classes. And Dean, I could have done I, I share with my students all the time, all the brands I work with, all the speaking engagements I've done. That did not matter. The Rock tweeted me. They're like, now a professor is cool. So I'm like, cool. Well, you just gave me a new goal. So yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, he, he does, you know, engage for fans and I really like what he does. Yeah. So um, I actually include that in my syllabus because when I tell my students, yeah, you can call me Dr. Freeberg, Professor Freeberg, but Dr. Karen is reserved for the rock. So that's when I include the tweets. So. Yeah. And, um, and I have to say, I follow them a little more on Instagram, like I mentioned, and I'd say, uh, and then since they shared some movies together, I started following Kevin Hart too. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so both of them seem like they give you really good, genuine behind the scenes. And, mm-hmm. um, and then with Kevin Hart, I just love, he's just a motivational speaker. I mean, he yeah. is just always going for it. Well, they're both always going for it, but, um, and they're, and they're entertaining too. So mm-hmm. their, their, their personality is who you see, you know, on screen, which is sort of cool. Okay. You don't always get that, you know? Yeah. And I think they really embrace the authenticity and I think yes. they understand kind of like where social media, like the old 
ultimate purpose of social media is, is to be authentic and to be who you are and be able to kind of showcase your personality. And I think that still to this day, I mean, we're going into 2020 in a few months. I mean, I think that there's still people that are really like shy or kind of concerned about showcasing their personality. They're like, well, is this professional? Is this aligned with who I am? And I know for me, like I, I, I've, my best practice has always been when I tell my students, and even my colleagues, you want to make sure that there is no difference between how people see you in person versus online. If there's any kind of discrepancies, then that's when people have concerns. They're like, okay, which one is the real you perhaps? So I've always tried to be myself on social. And if that means sharing coffee gifts and tweeting a lot, that's, that's what I probably do. I have coffee pretty much on a regular basis. So I think it's, you're seeing that with a lot of celebrities and stuff that really get it like Kevin Hart and Dwayne Johnson. That's super cool. Um, in terms of, uh, so, you know, you help coach and, and train, not just your students, but you also advise businesses. And mm-hmm. as of late, you have some exciting time that you've spent with Facebook. And I think it started yeah. at MDMC, right? When It did. Yes. yes. Yeah. So I just want people to listen as you're telling this about how, you know, like we all go to conferences, we all spend time. And sometimes I feel like we're not consciously progressing forward mm-hmm. our own personal brand and, and really putting ourselves out there. So I, I really, I'm inspired by this story and I want others to, to listen to it that way too. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Dean. Yeah. I was um, able to go to MDMC, you know, in April and again, Perry Drake has really created such a strong community and presence there. I mean, I highly recommend people checking out that conference for next year. Um, but this is my first time actually going to this conference. And I was really excited to see the lineup of the presentations. And what caught my attention was this one dedicated to educators um, for Facebook, specifically with our Facebook Blueprint team. And I love certifications. I love incorporating them into my classes. And I've done some research with them and actually worked on a couple of certifications with um, Hootsuite and HubSpot. And so I was like, I got to go to this. And so I met with the team there. I heard their presentation and what they were working on for their digital marketing certification that will be launched next year. And I thought, I'd love to be part of this. I'd love to help out in any way I can. So I I reached out to them saying, here's who I am. Here's the research I'm doing. Here's the experience I have. And, you know, I remember one of the professionals, Nicole, who's amazing. She said, yeah, we're really trying to reach out to more educators, but we're having a hard time reaching them. But one of the things I've been doing for the last three years is I've actually cultivated a group on Facebook um, for social media professors. And so we have over 1,300 now um, around the world. Um, but we've also tied in with, you know, brands and companies that are invested in education. Um, so I, I'll make sure, Dean, to send you guys the link for that um, if you want to join and participate. Um, but I shared that with uh, Nicole and her team. I'm like, look, like, we'd love to have you be part of this community. So they joined. And um, now we have over, I think, 10 plus people from Facebook in the group um, for their, uh, from their blueprint team, just so that they're able to kind of see the conversations, you know, be able to update people saying, hey, here's what we're doing with Facebook blueprint. So that resulted in um, a couple of things um, with working with Facebook. Um, I'm part of their digital marketing certification group. I'm actually serving as a SMI, um, no, not SMI, um, SME, a subject matter expert. Um, So um, I'm able to kind of tell them, okay, here's how we cover personal branding in class. Here's the things that we are looking for. Um, But then also um, Facebook is actually, their team is my class client for my PR class, which will be starting in about four hours from now um, at the University of Louisville. And so they're interested in targeting educators and students, influencers um, 
about this new certification, how they can reach them that way. So the students are going to be working oh. on some research projects. And so um, I told my students, like, yeah, our class client is Facebook. And I had a few students that were like, yeah, Dr. Freeberg, you're pulling our leg. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> we're working with them. And so it's, I'm really, really, really excited. So then I, and I, you know, I, when I ask this next question, think about this out there for uh, your children or people, young people in the family, because Karen, I teach in schools as well. And, uh, and so um, it sounds like you're actually helping your uh, classes become influencers in the world. And for that, we're not talking about necessarily YouTubers and Instagrammers, but being responsible, um, you know, internet citizens out there, correct? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I would say that, you know, with my students, I've, I've really tried to embrace like influencer marketing and basically how to tell your story, how to be transparent, how to be authentic, how to per brand yourself effectively and personally. Um, that's always been a kind of a core part of my classes at the University of Louisville. And so, um, but what I've tried to do even more is saying, okay, how could you kind of help amplify the story for your client or how could you amplify an event or an activity? So last year we were able to help out with another event um, in Kentucky, we're of course known for horses and stuff. And so um, we had a horse race that was coming up in um, last fall called the Breeders' Cup. And so Churchill Downs and the Breeders' Cup, this was like they wanted to do an influencer event, but this was their very first time. So right. my students were able to help out. But they said that, like talking with my students, they said they really got a sense of what influencer marketing was really about because they were able to say, wow, there's the planning, there's the research, there's the social listening, there's the contracts, there's the actual event, and then there's the after action report. So they got to see, you know, full circle. But all of the students that were in that class, they said when they were able to present that to a client in an internship or to a job, they were immediately like, okay, we need to do this. We need to get your expertise. We need to make sure that we incorporate this somehow in our work. And so it's a skill and it's a mindset that is so essential right now in this today's market. That's interesting. I, what I'd like to do is uh, we'll talk about this offline, but uh, we have done a lot of work and a lot of it has been voluntary. And now we're looking at taking it almost to a foundation level. But we have a digital citizenship program that we mm -hmm. teach in middle school and high school. And then I was teaching it um, at the grad school level for careers. So teaching them because we had so many people uh, in the early days that came to us um, with when we had the reputation business about the, them losing scholarships and things. And I saw this pattern of all these mistakes mm -hmm. being made and people not even starting to think about the impact of their future. Mm -hmm. So we took it back and I'm sure you do this too, where you start teaching them about good behavior. And you made a comment before the show about, you know, teaching them, you know, how to behave properly and things like that. Right. And it's funny, we even have to do that with adults. We have to like say, okay, you're an influencer and you're building your brand, but this is affecting your brand. Are you okay with this being how you're known? Absolutely. And I tell my students all the time a couple of things. One, Google doesn't forget. So oh, if, if you just heard our news segment where it's like, it's permanent. It's permanent. Yeah. And so it's like, you need to be aware of what's posted on you online. But then also I tell my students, especially I've had conversations with um, students and they all, they're shocked when I tell them, oh, I know about Finstas, you know, the fake Instagram accounts that they feel like it's not tied to their name or whatever. And I'm like, well, there's an email address, right? That you registered for it. But I've said, like, even if you have your close friends, how do you really know your close friends? Um, because the power of the screenshot is, 
huge. And so all it takes is one screenshot and it's circulated everywhere. And so I think it's so important to have that mindset for the students. So what I try to do is like, I share a lot of cases, you know, I, I use the Justine Sacco case a lot and I show this happened years ago. Her reputation is still damaged. And so it's just kind of, you, you need to kind of like, have a come to reality moment with a lot of the students saying this is a big deal. There's been people fired, their damaged reputations. There's been public scholarships. Yeah. Across the board. And so I tell them like, you really need to kind of think strategically, like think before you post and just really kind of look at it, not just for the short term, but also the long term, like how this could impact. Um, And so what I try to do is kind of give them kind of an exercise where I actually have them kind of evaluate what they've done previously before this class. And so they're able to see how is this the best representation that my brand is showing everyone to the world? Like if I posted this, you know, and tied this to a job placement, would I get the job? And a lot of the students are like, no, like. I didn't know the, these practices. I didn't know that this was something that I had to be concerned with, but then they are able to learn from the experience. So I kind of create a teachable moment for them. That's but awesome. I think the, the, the other point that I think is, is important for the students is they need to kind of see like uh, kind of like um, someone to help them along the way. So what I've tried to do like as a professor is like, I, Karen, I want everyone to realize when Karen says students, that's all of you and all of us out there. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, but what I've tried to tell, like, I mean, I, I, I would say one thing that I've tried to take my, like my own advice myself is when I'm in the classroom, like if my students look at what I'm doing on Instagram, if I'm looking at, like, they see what I'm doing on LinkedIn or Facebook, like I, I try to also walk the walk as well. Like I, I tell the students, whatever I'm giving you guys in terms of assignment, I'm trying to do it myself. And so, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's things that, you know, I think in this day and age, these are essential skills that we all need to have and embrace. Yeah. And, you know, there's also an awareness factor. It's funny, Kim uh, puts out here, your brand is so vital, need to protect it like a mama bear. Absolutely. And, um, and I think there's an element that um, I mentioned about that NBC News segment that I did. And, and we had uh, pulled some stories and we're just horrified that uh, because... Um, because uh, some accounts got hacked, there was a young gymnast uh, here locally in Chicagoland area, and her account was hacked, and it was converted uh, into a pornography site. And then, you know, her personal brand was just shattered, and she had all these endorsements, and she was on her way to getting sponsorships, and, and she was on a great career path at an early age. And Instagram took months months while her brand is getting damaged to help out with this to where she couldn't claim her account back and things like this. And I'm just like, this is where I want, you know, I want a partnership between these brands that have these platforms and the audience. And and so us as, you know, consumers or citizens of these platforms need to be aware. And and if we see something, say something, right? Just like if you're at an event or something like that, if you see something that doesn't look right, say something. So I think we need to be more aware as a society and say things. And then I think the brands have to take some ownership too. What do you think about that? I absolutely agree. And I think that's kind of where I wish that the verification um, side of things was a little bit more inclusive. Um, Yes. And I I do think that that definitely needs to be addressed across all platforms. Because what I found is I I was able to get verified on Twitter, but immediately afterwards, everyone's like, Oh, can you get me verified on Twitter? And I'm like, well, you know, here's the application on how to do that. But, um, but it's so difficult, like on Facebook and Instagram to do that. It's, but I do think it's a way for us to protect ourselves, um, especially not only for hacking, but like 
false impersonation, fake accounts. Like I, I have a lot of student athletes that have come to me. They're like, yeah, like I had to report like X amount of accounts because they were damaging to my brand. No one knew who, if that was real me or not be, but because they didn't have that verified like check mark, like no, they couldn't tell if it was real or not. But you know, like I, I know um, it was in 2013. I was actually, it was kind of ironic. I was presenting on personal branding reputation in Barcelona and in you know, at this conference when there was, I found that there was a fake Twitter account of myself and I knew it was fake because it said that I love Justin Bieber. And I'm like, well, no, I don't, <laughs> but I had to report that and I had to go through the extensive process. And um, it was really kind of one of my first experiences to kind of do that. And so being verified there, I'm like, okay, th that's protecting, but then there's all these other platforms. And I think that the platforms need to be aware of it, that we need to protect our digital identity because as you said, Dean, reputations can be lost and opportunities could be, you know, shattered just because of what happens on some of these platforms. Well, and I think uh, a simple thing that people can do is actually um, create, and, and this doesn't serve all purposes, but maybe just create a Google alert with variations mm -hmm. of your name so that if things get published, you can do that and it's free, just Google, Google yeah. alerts and you can do it. But um, yeah, I just, I had a friend call me because he goes, hey, I saw you on a dating site. And I go, what? I'm, I'm, I'm married. And I'm not on a dating site. And he goes, well, you're trending. And I go, what does that mean? And he goes, well, there's a lot of people checking out your profile. So there, I'm on there as Roger Stedman. I'm six foot one and I can't get myself removed. So I'm working with the platform. Uh, I'm not going to name it right now, but... Mm -hmm. um, it's just crazy how take your picture and they can take some random facts about you and they can just create a, a false identity. So, um, so I think it's, and, and, but that's my community looking out for me. Mm -hmm. that's, somebody called me and said, you know, one of my single friends said, Hey, I saw you on the site. I know it's not you, you know, you should do something about it. So, right. No, that's good that, you know, you had a community member help you out like that. And so, yeah. And I, I talk about that, like, like I do cover a lot of those things like in my um, legal and ethical considerations, like when I cover so social media, um, like I kind of start that semester, like the semester off and kind of covering that. But then I also talk about cyberbullying too. It's kind of like, how do you protect oh, yeah. yourself? You know, and there's been some cases where I've had students have had these fake accounts that they've actually cyberbulled other people, but people think it's them. And they're like, no, 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 that's not me. And so I think it's, yeah, like kind of being, you know, aware of what's being said about you. So I, I mean, I definitely recommend Google alerts. I also um, recommend TalkWalker. They have a free oh, yeah. search term, you know, where you can, you know, sign up for, you know, social media updates. I think the more kind of resources that you're able to have to kind of, you know, be aware of what's being said and what's being shared about you, I think is really, really important. I'm I'm old school. I still use TweetDeck. <laughs> TweetDeck is awesome. I know it's free too. It's like yeah. a, a great tool. It's like they just released that upgrade for the first time in five years. It was yeah, like, yeah. Um, now there's actually one tool that I really miss. I miss Topsy. Are you? Yes. I remember that tool. And I mean, that was such an awesome tool, but then Apple bought it and hasn't done anything with it. And I'm like, come on, Apple, this is a great tool. So it was like when Microsoft bought Skype, it used to be good. And now it's confusing. Very confusing. <laughs> Very confusing. Yeah. So speaking of, speaking of tools in your, um, you know, so what do you recommend to, you know, as you're teaching personal branding and things like that of, um, of things that can just help, uh, you know, augment or, you know, service that route of personal branding for somebody. 
Yeah, absolutely. So there's a couple of tools that I I love. Like there's a few that I use extensively, like with um, personal branding, like for clients and stuff. So I love TalkWalker. I mean, TalkWalker has been a great tool. They're a great advocate for educators. Um, they do have some free tools. They do also have some paid tools, like for listening. Um, they do have an influencer tool called Influencer One. That's kind of like a media oh. planning um, tool. That basically, if you have like a campaign, you want to work for influencers, they tie in through their analytics, like, okay, here's some influencers you might want to reach out to. And it kind of walks you through the steps of a campaign. Um, so they've been really good to partner up with. Um, I love, um, there's another call company called Zoom, Z-O-O-M-P-H. Oh, yeah, Zoom. Yeah. And so- um been around I, a while too. Yeah, um, great team. I, I really like what they do in terms of the social listening aspects. Um, but then in terms of content creation, um, for personal branding, I, I really do recommend a couple of tools. Like one, I like um, Adobe Spark. Yes. Um, like if you're doing like a lot of free tool, you know, kind of like branding and stuff, it's a great way to kind of showcase, you know, things and resize them for all the social media platforms. But my new favorite tool, I love like Instagram stories. And I feel like Instagram stories is a great way to kind of show your personality and kind of be really interactive. Um, it's called Mojo, M-O-J-O. And if you are like me and I have no graphic design skills whatsoever, um, <laughs> It is a great tool to create like really nice branded, very professional looking um, like story templates, you know, to go on Instagram. So I highly so you can actually build story templates mm -hmm. that are branded for you. Mm -hmm. oh, that's interesting. Mojo, huh? Mojo. Yeah. And so there's free tool, like free templates, but then they also have a um, paid subscription where you pay X amount of dollars per month, but it's so worth it. Like I did it. Um, we held um, our very first educator summit at the Can Lions Festival of Creativity. And that's what I did is I was kind of on the go person kind of creating the stories of what it was like there. And it just worked fabulously. Everyone's like, Oh, what, can you tell me like what, you know, like, did you do Adobe like premiere or like illustrator to do these? I'm like, Nope, I did Mojo. <laughs> is it so, Mojo M O J O O or is it? Um, M O J O. Just O, right. So yeah. somebody was so, just asking. Yeah. So yeah, that's, um, that's a great tool. And um, I also what like. a great name too. How did they get that, that domain? I don't know, but I mean, there's a, I've been looking, I, I love exploring tools, especially like for my students because they are all about Instagram stories and content creation. So um, I like, of course, Unfold. That's kind of a traditional one, but I like Mojo just because it's like very professional, very seamless. And just, there's a lot of color palettes you can choose and formats and it's just the possibilities. Um, yeah. So right there. So yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's a dang good list of tools. So, you know, what's funny about that. We had a, we had a session on algorithms a few weeks ago mm -hmm. and just amazing how the shift in uh, for our influencers and our other business accounts that when they started really populating their stories is their mm -hmm. follower count went up, their engagement yeah. went up. <clears throat> and so um, I just don't see it going away. So well, what I like too about Mojo is like you can add captions. So there's actually captions where you can have like various headings and like it goes through animations, but then there's also ways that you can put in your various handles that oh. come in. Like, so when I want to make sure that like people know, okay, follow me, you know, I don't have the swipe up, you know, option, unfortunately. But if I would say, okay, check me out, like here's Kate Freeberg, they're like, oh, okay, that's where that comes from or Facebook or Twitter, or if there's a particular hashtag, if, for example, Dean, if you wanted to do something for influencer factory, 
um, you're able, you know, to include the Twitter, like bird and then hashtag and then influence factory right there in your video to kind of brand it. Yeah. And it's, and it's crazy because, uh, you know, every time it seems like I go in to build a story, um, I wrote a class on this. So it really forced me to understand all the power and the tools of, of Instagram. And so as I was doing it, I was just, I was almost to the point of overwhelm that there's so many options of when you start clicking to expand. And, you know, I love adding music to mine. I love, you know, just all the different things. So does Mojo incorporate all those pieces of uh, what, how you can enhance a story? Yeah, you can do animation, um, you can do collages, you can do moving parts. Like, so there's a lot of templates. Like if you have videos, for example, it, like there's different ways in terms of presenting the videos. The, there's also their own music database too. So you don't have to rely just on Instagrams. And so you're able to kind of incorporate their music as well if you want to add it or change anything. So um, there's a lot of different options that um, are out there. And so um, I felt when I first started using that, tool for Instagram stories. I've seen an uptick in my follower count and my views, like, and then everyone's like, well, you know, what app did you use to create these? These are awesome. And I'm like, Mojo. So whenever <laughs> I can, I'm like, this is a great tool to, you know, definitely download and try out. So. Got it. Monica, you listening out there? So, <laughs> all right. So then, um, so then who do you go to for, uh, cause you're, you know, you have to stay up on news. You have to stay up on uh, helping your students just know what's what's current, what's now. Uh, how do you keep up with all that? What are your favorite sources? Oh my gosh, there's there's definitely a lot. I would say if you follow Matt Navarra on Twitter, like if you're looking for any new platform updates and features, like he, I don't know how he does it, but he's like a go-to person for me to kind of see um, who he follows, what's happening. So then I can incorporate that back in the classroom. But I, I look at other people who are kind of leading the industry. I, it's more not necessarily like outlets. Um, I do, of course, Social Media Examiner, Social Media Today, Digiday. Um, I love following um, Taylor Lawrence and Carrie Flynn just uh, because they do a lot of work in terms of new trends like with Gen Z influencers, memes and stuff. So um, to kind of resonate with my students, I try to follow them and see what they're doing. Um, but in terms, I follow a lot of professionals that are leading in their industry. Um, I have a friend that works uh, for social media for the New York Stock Exchange, Matt, um, and he has some really good insights in terms of kind of overarching themes that he sees. But I also, like, I, I think one other person that's based out of New York now, Leo Marathon, um, he has a, a podcast called Bill and Aspire, and I, I follow him just to kind of look at what he's seen in the industry. He was part of the famous Oreo tweet back in the day. Oh, yeah. Um, so um, what I try to do is kind of connect with people and kind of see what they're talking about and just follow them, you know, to kind of see what they're interested in, what they're seeing as being kind of future, you know, trends to follow and stuff. So, um, but I do designate like at least 15 to 20 minutes a day that just kind of checking out the news to kind of see what's going on, you know, so I can be able to incorporate that back into the classroom for my students. And do you use hashtags to check, to track it? Um, yeah, I do. I, I look at the S social media marketing hashtag. Um, I also do a lot of sports, um, you know, coverage because I do feel that some of the sports team really do a good job with it, you know, like oh, storytelling. Yeah. So I follow the sports and social media hashtag, which is SMS sports. Um, and then the PR has their own, like, you know, just PR, um, hashtag PR. Um, but I probably follow more of the accounts versus hashtags. Um, That's cool. That's yeah. cool. 
So, um, so we're gonna we're gonna let people know uh, basically the the sites that we know that you're published on. We'll give everybody a list of that. But if people do want to communicate with you, where's the best places to go? Um, well, I'm on all social me- media platforms. So, uh, like you know, if we want to, yeah, yeah. Um, I would say um, Twitter is a great place to strike up a conversation. My handle is just at at K Freeberg. Um, I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn. You know, just Karen Freeberg. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I have my website, karenfreeberg.com, karenfreeberg.com slash blog is my blog. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd love to chat and help, you know, that's, that's one of the things that I love doing is being able to answer questions and strike, strike up a conversation and see what we can do together. So, um, I'm really open to answering any questions, collaborating, um, because this is a great field to be in. Wow. I always learn so much from you and I appreciate you being on and, uh, uh, a lot of folks chiming in on the different channels here. Uh, let's bring uh, Monica and Jackson back just so we can uh, sort of see what they got out of the session from their perspective. And I'd like everyone in the audience that's uh, with us live to just type in one takeaway, something that you resonated with, that you said, wow, this is something I can do or something that makes sense for me uh, as you're building your brand and your influence out there. So Monica, what'd you get out of this? Um, first off, I just want to say you have a really amazing background. I'm also coming from the fashion background. Um, I lived in New York. I recently just oh, moved wow. to Chicago. So I uh, was part of all that and it mm-hmm. like Devil Wears Prada. Um, <laughs> it was incredible that you were able to um, go out there to Cape Town and experience that and, you know, work with within the industry and just see the different cultures. Um, so I thought that was very cool. Um, what I did learn, did we lose someone? Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. I got really excited. <laughs> <laughs> what I did learn, um, was the new app that you mentioned, uh, Mojo. We mm-hmm. Canva, um, and I definitely want to look into it. Is it similar to Canva? It's, it's similar, but there's like, what I like about it is it's all about movement. So it basically, like, if you have like an image, it kind of does things in kind of a transition. Like if you want to like with Canva, it's basically you have an image and just your mm-hmm. text. But this really kind of makes your image come alive with like short video clips and stuff. So it's awesome. very, yeah, I mean, um, it's been probably what my favorite app to use in terms of content creation, you know, on Instagram. All right. Well, I will let all my writers know about this. <laughs> awesome. Fire <laughs> the team and make sure they all give shout outs to Karen. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Jackson, how about you? Same thing, you know, like I always talk about uh, making sure that we're utilizing our free tools that are available to us like Canva and Adobe Spark I've mentioned before. Uh, I'm definitely going to have to check out Mojo. I think Mm -hmm. that's a really cool uh, concept that I I haven't even looked at it yet, but I I definitely want to. And I think that was my biggest takeaway. It was just something that a tool that's very useful to the things that I'm doing as well. So... Yeah. yeah, that's I was, awesome. Uh, I, I haven't done, I haven't utilized the talk walker. I looked into it, but I really haven't utilized that one either. So I'm going to check that out. And then, yeah. Um, so that's super cool. And then what we want to do is just encourage the audience, you know, as you resonated with things, we had a lot of people um, making comments and really chiming in and it was really good engaged um, group today uh, all over the internet. But uh, your job as influencers is to help take things that you learn and pass those on to people that matter to you, that, care, that you care about, and help them build their brand, help tell them about the, the privacy things that we talked about, the ways to keep themselves safe, uh, ways to behave, 
yes, when you when you click that button uh, or you know uh, put your thumb down on it, it, it's permanent, man. It goes out there no matter what buttons clear anything out there. Uh, your personal brand is your is your personal digital footprint forever. Um, so that's that's super cool. And then uh, we have a couple of winners today, and they get a little extra because we give them Karen of all things Starbucks gift cards. So oh, awesome. they, can, they can take somebody out for coffee and share what they learned from this episode. Uh, with that person. So, uh, Jackson, who do we have today? Uh, for our winner on the Zoom platform, it's Kim Powell. Mm-hmm. And then on Facebook Live, we have Tom Harness. So, Karen, do you remember Tom Harness? He was on the panel yeah. with me. And I was laughing. I was like, and he's like always a rock star with his mm-hmm. uh, suits and uh, everything else. And we love, love him to death. So, he's, uh, he's a great rocker out there for us. Awesome. Good stuff. And it's a great gift. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, because it's more coffee, right? <laughs> yes. There's never too much coffee. There's never too much coffee. Well, you're always a delight. We want to thank you from our community here, as well as uh, the entire team at Social Jack headquarters. So thank you so much for being part of this. I look forward to seeing you in New York yep. and uh, following your content as always. And thanks for educating us and doing your part in the world to really uh, turn all those students and clients into really responsible influencers. So thank you so much for that. Yeah. Well, thank you again, everyone, for you know <laughs> this opportunity. Dean, Jackson, and Monica, I really enjoyed being part of this community. Keep up the great work, and I, I will definitely continue to share your work in my classes and with my colleagues. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. And, thank, you. Uh, thank you, everybody out there. We appreciate you, you and all your comments, and we'll see you online. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Influence Factory podcast. We welcome feedback and suggestions. You can provide these by visiting our website at www.myinfluencefactory.com. And if you are interested in Social Jack's 90 Days to Influence program, you can simply go to 90daystobusinessinfluence.com and simply ask for the next steps. While our program airs regularly on Zoom webcasts and Facebook Live on Wednesdays at noon central, we invite you to download episodes on your favorite channel, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and who knows where else in the future. We will also provide occasional on-location live streams with special guests that we will announce in our community Facebook group, Business Influencer Alliance, as well as on all Social Jack channels. Our mission is to help you build your digital business influence with this podcast, as well as inspire, educate, and entertain those who are hungry to collaborate in a cool place with cool business professionals just like you. (laughs) 